we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy this morning. If you want to turn there and, and read with me, I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's not going to be on the screen. But when God sets apart his people, he makes it very clear what he, what he expects from them and what, what they can expect from him. And so in, in Deuteronomy 6, I want to read this famous prayer, the Shema, this fa- these famous verses. Jesus quotes these verses. Um, every, every Jewish person would have, would have had these verses memorized. But I want to start in verse 4, and I want to read um, from there. Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And you shall bind them as signs on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. This is a reading of the Lord. I think it looks nice, don't you? Um, Here's the other thing, though. Listen. Can you hear that? Yeah, we don't know what that is. Um, It might be. um, They they literally kind of brought us together because, you know, we're pastors, so we know everything. And so we had our meeting this morning. It's like, hey, what do you think that is? And so we asked Justin, and it sounds like a buzzing sound. That was brilliant, by the way. And <laughs> Paul Weiss is like one of the oldest people ever. And so Paul, hey, is he here? Because if he is, he'll hurt me. Oh, yeah. So Paul Weiss was like, hey, what do you think it is? That's oh, probably a buzzing sound. And, and so we've been spending time trying to figure out what it is. We thought it might be the lights. That doesn't make sense, actually. I don't even know why anybody said that. But uh, we think it might be like the air conditioning unit. Yeah, doesn't that make sense? Thank you very much for the help. So we'll check that out. Um, it, here's the thing is that when the temperature gets to a nice temperature, how many of you would, we can work with the sound, especially when I'm talking, you can't really hear it. The worship set is so good this morning, it's focusing on God's faithfulness. I promise you won't be able to hear it. It's just times when I'm, I'll be preaching and then there'll be this moment where I really want us to reflect on something. <laughs> and we'll have that. I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's good for us to have stuff like that. 
I drove in this morning and I was excited about being here. Um, but, I, but I've been watching this take place, so I, I knew what it looked like. And I do, I think it looks great. And I, I'm not, I hope you understand, I'm not trying to downplay how nice it looks and how just, I think, appropriate it is for us to uh, maybe even like pray and our, our time this morning to dedicate a new era um, that really is Scott so so well described that it's not that different. The sermons aren't going to be different. Um, the way that we do ministries is, is not going to be different. Um, we're just trusting all of that to God. And so we're really grateful for when the carpet begins to wear out and why anybody picked like OU colors for the sanctuary. I made, it's never made any sense to me whatsoever. Um, I'm not even a fan of that red anyway. And so uh, I like this better, and I just think the, the colors on the walls and the team that put it together, they just did a great job. I just know that, like, none of this is going to change your life. Like, it isn't. It's not going to help you tomorrow when you're trying to unpack um, start of another difficult week. And it's not going to make any of the temptations that you go through any different. It's just not. And so what is preached and what is taught and what is sung and how you respond and the spirit that moves, the prayers that go up and then God's faithfulness that is always coming down is what ultimately matters. Does that make sense? And it's so critical that we, we keep that in, in play because there's always going to be a buzzing sound. So I drive in. This morning, and I'm, I'm real excited, and it's early, and as I'm driving in on this parking lot, I look, and I can see the, the church building, and it just, it was that beautiful, like the sky behind it was this, this darkish gray, and then over the church, it literally, it was like it began just on the other side of the sanctuary, there was a rainbow, a double rainbow, which is a double blessing, and I'm going to write a book about it called The Double Blessing Rainbow, and it went over it went over our church, and it was like it literally started on one end of the church and then just kind of ended just at the other side, like it was just for us. Probably was like on the, you know how you know how rainbows work? It's like you think you're going to get, and it just keeps, it's a lot bigger. And I'm, I'm, I took pictures of it, if you don't believe me, of the double rainbow over Sunnybrook on the day that we dedicate, rededicate this incredible sanctuary. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, isn't God good? And I'm remembering like the flood and how God was faithful. And I'm remembering in Revelation 4, there's this rainbow and just it's, all of this is just wonderful stuff. And then I remembered that rainbows come sometimes when rain is coming. <laughs> and then I remembered our roof leaks. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I loved the rainbow. That was really cool. But I and anyway, we're working on that too. They think they found it and we're gonna have some guys come in so when we're doing the children's area, they gotta fix some stuff up there and they're gonna bring in some stuff. But isn't it interesting that no matter what we do and no matter how much you plan, I guess it's a reminder that there is a temptation in us as humans, as people that have to live day to day and even struggle to do so, that there is a, there's something in every single one of us that is more excited about getting engaged than, than actually going through and being married. Like when I, when I hear about people that are like that, I just think, what is wrong with you? But then I know that can be me too sometimes. 
Like, I know what it's like to be really, really excited about having a child, and I can't wait. Whose parents are we going to tell first? Well, we told your parents first last time, so I'll tell my parents first this time, and we're so excited, and then we have to bring it home, and it's like so hard. It, it's, like, it's like the start of a new school year, and you're, you've planned. I, I know a young lady, she's, she's leaving this afternoon. She's, uh, she's going to be attending at Baylor. Um, I don't know why, but because there's one right here. There's a school right here, and she's going to Baylor. And uh, it was really interesting because she is all this detailed and organized and spreadsheets and color coding as she's getting things done, and the colors change from one color to the next color, and it's all, but I just, I know that that's probably not, not, not that the, she's, she's detailed enough. That's going to last for a long time. I just know that's not going to really, like, make college a success for her. You know what I mean? Like, do you have, like, spreadsheets that are just a mess now? And a marriage that's not what you thought? And relationships that are changing, and this isn't quite... And yet it can look really nice on the outside, and then there it is. This buzzing sound. And it doesn't seem to go away. And after the rainbow, there's, like, rain, and the roof leaks. So what do we do? Um, we remember God. And that's, that's the beauty of this moment. It's that we can actually stop and dedicate this to him. And we can say thank you for what he has given us. And, and just the joy of being together and, and celebrating this. And, and a new, whatever, a new time or a new era, whatever that even means. But we're just really excited about that. We're really excited about a, a new place and, a, and another new place where our children can learn who God is. But may, may we never forget that God is. And that's what we got to make sure we do. So this time, this morning of dedication, the reason why we've moved out of Acts and we're in the book of Deuteronomy is because I love this reminder. The book of Deuteronomy is a book that is known, um, the word Deuteronomy literally is the second reading. Well, why do we have a second reading? Because just like the engagement that led to a complicated marriage and the children that brought home a prodigal and, and the, the struggle at college that, man, I never thought, never thought I would end up here. And why am I trying this hard? Those, those moments, those ups and downs that happen, they happen to God's people too. Can you imagine how excited they were when they got to leave Egypt? Man, let's get out of this place. Man, I'm so glad this fresh start, and we're going to be out in the, just the open air. Won't this be great? And then they get out there, and they're like, wow, it's a desert. <laughs> like, this is going to be hard. And they still loved God, and they remembered what God did, but they didn't remember it well enough. Like, they weren't as intentional as they should have been. You know what it's like. You started that class, and you knew you knew that no matter how hard you tried, there was going to be that kind of that blip in the semester where you didn't, you weren't doing as well as you, you had planned or intended. And that happens to all of us. This annoying buzzing sound that just creates complexity. What do you do in those moments? You remember that God is. And this is what the book of Deuteronomy is about. It says, listen, um, for those of you that are really aching in life, or for those of you that want a new start, that the children of Israel, even though they failed, God said, but I'm not going to fail you. 
Like even though your ancestors decided that they were going to do it their own way, my plan cannot be stopped. And so you get a new day, you get a new start. It's called grace. But at the very, the very heartbeat of grace is God's covenant faithfulness. And so here's what I want to do for our time this morning. I want to look at Deuteronomy 12. I know Scott read from Deuteronomy 6, but I want to look at some very interesting stuff in Deuteronomy 12 where there is this interplay between what the people are promising to God and what God is promising to them. And I want us to use that chapter as a way for us to dedicate our hearts and our minds, our lives to God. But I want to give you the end of the sermon first, which is this. Why do we do all of that? Why do we commit and why do we desire and why do we strive and why do we work so hard to be faithful to God? It is always because he was faithful first. So I don't want you to lose sight of that. We will wrap all of this up by talking about what Christ has accomplished and what God has done. And that is the most important. That is the foundation of everything else. But this morning as we celebrate this place and as we celebrate God and what he has accomplished for us, we, we begin by dedicating ourselves or committing ourselves to being yeah, this is a very popular word in today's culture. Careful. Isn't that kind of strange? Dedicating ourselves, committing ourselves to being careful. Now, by the way, this is a real popular word today because we are so excited about being care- be careful with that. You really need to be careful about that. When I, when I first looked at this, and this word just kind of kept going over and over in the text, you got to be careful, you got to be careful, you got to be careful. I thought, okay, there's two ways that we could look at this. And before I really kind of dove into the text to see what was really being, being spoken about, when I first hear the word careful, it's almost like out of fear. Be careful. You really got to be careful. You really got to be careful about that. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Maybe we need to be so careful that we're not going to do it. My boys, when, when they would run outside and they would get hurt, and they would just, oh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I would say, well, come on in, come on in, have a seat on the couch. And they would sit there, and their finally the tears would stop, and they'd go, can I get up? And I would go, no, 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 we, you could get hurt out there. So nobody's ever gotten hurt by sitting on a couch. So you can sit on a couch. And they would look at me, and they would go, but I don't want to sit on the couch. Okay, well, then you can go outside and play. But you could get hurt. No, I think I'd rather risk it. And they would go outside and they'd play again. We, we live in this kind of this, let's be careful. Relationally, I don't know if I want to make myself vulnerable in this relationship. I better be careful. You better be careful. Um, you don't know what it's going to actually be like to go away to college. Maybe I, I need to pick one that's a little closer to home. But by the way, I'm not saying that further is better and closer to home. Obviously not. But it's the mindset that maybe, maybe I won't have the system that's around me and maybe, I don't know, maybe I should just go home. Maybe I should just go home. Is that the kind of careful that this is talking about? I'm not really a careful person, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, my wife even said to me this morning, she said, when I was, right after I was done preaching, she said, you be careful up there. You're going to fall in one of these holes. Literally, that's what she said. Be careful. You'll fall into one of these, these holes. No, I, I promise. I don't, I don't. Okay, I might. But... Be careful. And yet, that's what this text says over and over and over again. Let's look at it. Verse 1. These are the statutes and the rules that you shall, what does the text say? Be careful to do in the land that the Lord, and notice that all in capitals is the name of God, Yahweh, 
that Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. Jump down to verse 28. Be careful to obey all these words that I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children after you forever. When you do what is good and right in the sight of Yahweh, your God. And then verse 32. Everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. And I know a lot of Christian people that kind of bring this into their walk with God. And they're trying to be careful. And the kind of careful they're really wanting to be is almost wondering and then double wondering and then double guessing and erring on the side of. And, you know, maybe I should get baptized again. I don't know if that first one really took. You know what I really need to do? And you want to double down emotionally. You want to double down. Why? Because there is this fear that is inside of you. So when I looked at the text, and I, I'm looking for this, there's got to be a good like Hebrew word for careful that really talks about being really, really careful. But when you actually look at the text, the text actually is more like um, you need to observe observe. You need to obey, obey. They're they're back-to-back words. It's not really the word careful, like be careful. It's emphasizing the importance of obedience. And that's why they're saying be careful to obey. It's, It's not so much out of fear as much as it is out of like a reverence. But you get it. For those of you that are going to do really well in what you do, you will be careful to do it well. And this is what I always find fascinating is Christian people that look at their walk with God, their walk with Christ, and are doing it haphazardly. Um, their, their church attendance, which by the way isn't just attendance, their connection to the body of Christ, that's what we care about. Their connection to other believers is kind of more haphazard. They're looking at the Bible and studying the Bible is eh, whatever. And yet when it comes to like their education or when it comes to the relationships that they care about most or when it comes to their career, they're careful. Like they work, work. You know what I'm talking about. Like in a relationship that you relate, relate to somebody else because you already know the, the need and the, the importance of being so intentional And what the book of Deuteronomy is saying is that you need to be like observing, observing God's word. You need to be obeying, obeying what it does. And we commit ourselves to be careful to do all that God has called us to do. Which means that we will intentionally read the word of God. We will intentionally put ourselves in biblical community where the truth about the word of God will be spoken to us. We will live our lives in such a way that we'll be able to recognize and respond to the Holy Spirit and its leading. And that in the end, the life that I live is lived so in in union, in unison, in concert with God and with his people and with his word and with his spirit dwelling in me that there is this very natural way in which I live my life in communion with who God is. And it's intentional. That's why I kind of like the start of a new semester. It's why I like kind of a new room. Like, man, could you imagine if we just decided we are going to be, not out of fear, 
but out of just an appreciation for what God has said. That, man, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do even, even better. I know I'm gonna try even, even more hard that I would somehow help the, the word of God to come across, that the songs that we sing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really work hard to make sure that when I'm singing, like I'm singing words that either I mean or I want to mean. Like I'm working through this and I give the same intentionality to the work that God is doing in me than the work that I can just get all real excited about that doesn't matter as much. See, that's what's so much more than just a room. And, and actually that's what lasts is when the work that we do gives glory to him because we have taken seriously who he is and what he has said. And we have been careful to do, careful to obey, careful to observe what God has said and our allegiance to him in being faithful to him. The second thing we're gonna commit ourselves to, if you look at Deuteronomy 12, is that we're going to commit ourselves to being, are you ready for this one, different. To being different. If there's one thing that's happening in the Deuteronomy text, it really jumped out in chapter six where, Paul, or where Scott was reading, that there is this, this difference that the, the people of God actually make. I wish it was as simple as like how we dress or the kind of homes that we live in, um, and not that there's not ways in which the gospel infects and affects every aspect, every nuanced aspect of our lives. But when you go back and you read the book of Deuteronomy, it's not that you're going to go into this wonderful promised land and you're gonna build houses completely different than everybody else. And you're going to do business completely different than everybody else. No, but you are going to what happens in that home and how that business is run and how those families are taught and how you treat one another, there are going to be some specific differences. I would even say for those people that so desperately desire like some kind of outward looking difference, um, that's the easy route. It's not that hard to change the outside. It's not that hard to just for us to demand, okay, you, know, you see those, those green shirts? Well, if you're a Christian, you'll wear one of those Sunnybrook green shirts. Is that all I gotta do? I could do that. no. It's never that way. Even Jesus Christ makes this point very, very clear when he says to the Pharisees, what you don't understand about being unclean is it comes from within. He warns the Pharisees that their righteousness and how they look at things is, is literally this outward appearance. But isn't outward appearance important? Not if it's not inwardly True. And Jesus moves to something that is so much more integrated into their lives. I'm not asking you to just stay pure on the outside, but for it to go deep inside your heart. That it's not just a matter of being able to say, I've never cheated on my spouse, but saying, I have guarded my heart. I've guarded the most, the most inward, um, the most sensitive um, in, very, in many ways, like the, just the most responsive part of me, I have begun to work in there to be obedient to you. See, that's what makes the people of God different. And so God said, as you're going into this land, as you're going into this place, like how you worship and how you raise your families and what you teach them is just going to be different. And that's what we commit 
to our, to, our, to our God. We commit ourselves and our families. It'd be easier to commit a room, wouldn't it? God, this is your room. Um, hope you like it. New carpet. You're welcome. Really? Like you think that's what he wants? No, God says repeatedly, like what I want is a contrite heart. What I want is a spirit that strives to be faithful to me. What I want is men and women who know how to humbly repent. What I really want is I want a people who know how to love one another because they know that I have made them and I have loved them. And God says, that's what I want. I don't want this place to be the issue. I want the people who live in this place to be faithful to me. And so we commit ourselves, are you ready? To be different. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse four. Listen to what it says. You shall not worship Yahweh your God in that way. Now specifically, it's talking about the way that they worship. Um, the, the people that lived in, in the land before the Israelites went there, their whole way of operating religiously was somehow trying to manipulate God or the gods to do what they wanted. We want our crops to produce. How do we act in such a way to get the God or the gods to do what we want? And they, they went as far as, are you ready for this? This is what it's mentioned in Deuteronomy 12. They went as far as sacrificing their children in the fire. Like what could you give a God to show him your devotion or dedication or a, to kind of get him in your back pocket. Man, if you sacrifice your firstborn, and God says that is absolutely reprehensible to me. And, and not only is it just that they're sacrificing someone that is made in the image of him, but you really think that would please me? Like, just think how offensive that is, not just to you, but to God. And, and by the way, you think you can somehow live your life in such a way or worship in such a way as that I somehow owe you? See, that, that's where I have to admit, I know what that looks like. I know about the kind of worship or the kind of living that really works to somehow, I never say it in these terms, that God would owe me but I know what it's like to somehow believe that God's love of me or appreciation of me or God's blessings in return to me are completely contingent upon how good I am and how hard I work and how dedicated I am, spiritually speaking. And it's actually in that sense, God says, I want you to be different. And green shirts would be easy. Now God says, I want all of you. And I want you to be, all of, all of you be devoted to me and be dedicated to me. And instead of being a God to be used, I'm a God to be worshiped, a God to be loved. You shall not worship me in that way. And therefore, may the worship in this place be different than the worship that happens to those people who are not trying to honor God with their lives. May the words that we preach and the words that we teach and the songs that we sing, literally the words of the songs that we sing, be true to his character and his nature and his plan. And may they come from us, either in a moment of, that's exactly what I'm feeling, but by the way, it's okay to not be there and to deeply desire to be there. 
Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 8 and 9 says this. You shall not do according to all that we are doing here today, everyone doing what is right in his own eyes. See, that's what's different about us. If there is a word of, of dedication that we give to God is God that we are going to be different and we are not going to live like other generations. We're not going to live like other people that do and act and respond in a way that is right in their own eyes. But no, God, by your word and by your spirit and in connection with your people, we're willing to be confronted and challenged. We're willing to be transformed by your word and it, it's not what we want. And instead of us just trying to figure out what is popular or instead of us just trying to figure out what works, we are going to go to you. We are going to go to the spirit that resides in us that is from you. We are going to live in the context of community that is trying to faithfully follow you. We are going to do all of these things so that we might be, in fact, different. The best things that you can commit to is to not just follow your own ways and your own desires or to be like everybody else, but instead to say, I'm a child of God, and his word shapes me, his spirit lives in me, and his community strengthens and supports me. And that's what we dedicate ourselves to. I like what he says in verse nine, why do we need to live this way that is different, not just doing what is right in our own eyes or what is right culturally around us, but allowing God's word, spirit, and people to speak to us? I love this. For you have not as yet come into the rest and to the inheritance that Yahweh your God is giving you, which by the way is not just a warning, but it is a reminder that we get engaged so we can be married that we have children so we can find joy in raising them in the Lord. That we go to school and we get a great education so that we might live our lives in such a way that the world can recognize that we know God and that we love God and we are here to make this world a better place for his glories, others' benefit, and our joy. Do you get the fundamental difference of that? And that's what it means to be different. I don't want to just say to you, so let's get to work. Let's get out there. Let's, let's commit ourselves. Let's study the Bible more and be more careful to be faithful. Let's, let's make sure that we're different and have ways to engage our difference and celebrate our difference. No, we're not here to celebrate our difference. We're here to celebrate God. And that is the beauty of it all, that the reason why we sing and the reason why we gather around the Lord's table, the reason why we go to the ends of the earth proclaiming the goodness of Jesus Christ is all because God has already committed his faithfulness to the promise. So everything that we do is a response to him. That we don't go <laughs> in order that he might bless us, but he has blessed us and so we go. That we worship in the shadow of what he has already done for us, most importantly in Jesus Christ. And that's what the people of Israel are experiencing here. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 12, look at verse 7, because this is so interesting. That th This is why the carefulness that the Bible talks about that preaches, the carefulness is in light of God's faithfulness. It, it's not, that's, that's why there, if, the, if there's a fear, it's out of reverence. But it is a response to what God has already done. And that is why, by the way, we can take real joy in the smallest and the greatest things of God. 
because they have been planned by him for us. And therefore we can give thanks to that. Verse seven says this, and there you shall eat before Yahweh your God and you shall rejoice, you and your households in all that you undertake in which Yahweh your God has blessed you. And so we look at this room and we look at all that we will be able to do here, all that will be said here, all that will be challenged here, all that will be rejoiced here, all that will be repented of here. And we realize it is because God has first loved, prepared, given to, forgiven us. And that's what we celebrate. God, thank you for giving us a place. Well, we will have an opportunity to preach the word and to sing and to eat and to celebrate the goodness of God with your people. And, and God, we, we, won't, we don't want to make this place, this is a big lesson in the Bible, we don't want to make it about this place for God, it is about us and our devotion to you and our dedication to you. It is about our hearts that are recognizing and responding to you. For that is what you take joy in. And therefore this morning, may we lift up a prayer of thanks to God, but not just dedicating the space, but thanking him for the space. And then more than that, dedicating ourselves, our lives, our hopes, our dreams, our families, all the gifts and the abilities that God has given us for his glory, for others' benefit, and for our joy. Let's pray that prayer dedication right now. God, we thank you for who you are and for what you've done. God, I thank you for um, the privilege of even enjoying the small things that you have prepared in advance for us. God, I thank you for the sacrifice and the dedication of this space, but I thank you for um, many, many, many times in which the word has been spoken and lives have been changed. And those things happen regardless, regardless of... Uh, the architecture, or the color. And so God, may we be both, both thankful and devoted to you and to your purpose in this place. And God, may we never forget that you desire and deserve to be loved, honored, and worshiped from here. And Father, may that transformation begin in us because you have been faithful. We thank you for Jesus, for what he has done and now what he is doing. And I pray, Father, that much would be made of you here. May we be not only mindful, but may we, Father, know exactly when to repent well. May we know when to be obedient to your call. May we know, Father, of your love and faithfulness to us. And may, may it be the source 
of all that we say and do. And all God's people said,